After the stiffest medical you've ever experienced? After weeks of computer and psychoanalytic tests? After a training course that will tear your guts out, you might be halfway there. How shall we begin? Uh, First podcast in a while. Yeah, I don't even know what episode this is. What episode are we on? Let me do a quick... uh, 20... let Let me research... Five, twenty-five, twenty-five is the city of crime. So yeah, we just—if if this goes in the uh, the episode, just while we're looking this up, twenty-two. Uh, Are we on episode twenty-three now? Twenty-three. Okay, episode twenty-three. So this is podcast number twenty-three. Welcome to the Arl Knots podcast number twenty-three mm-hmm. for the week of September. And remember the so time. this will forever be known as the day after the Matrix Resurrection trailer was released. Aww. That's why we're here today. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking Matrix Revolutions. Resur- Re- resurrections. Resoluted. This was significant enough to us to, to dig up all of our podcast gear um, from the time capsule that we <laughs> stored it in. <laughs> we abandoned the time capsule. Uh where we were marking the era of the podcast where everyone had one. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone yeah. was waiting for this to happen. Yeah. And it caught me by surprise. I don't know about you, but when you told me trailer was out and that you were kind of stoked about it. I was stoked about it. It started uh, us down a we're, path. We're, we're hitting this. I hope you're still yeah, stoked about hit, it. We're hitting this uh, podcast from the position of I was fine with the trailer and Craven was not at all in any way fine with the trailer. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about I mean, what what that is. I think he's going to try to convince me that it, to to hate it and to not be excited for the film, which I'm open to. Oh, I I want you to convince me that it's going to maybe be good. I don't think I brought those tools with me. Yeah, we could try because uh, I I'm already on the on the fence because I was I'm not a fan of any. Of the majority of the Matrix films. Yeah, 66% of the Matrix films are, are, in my mind, questionable. And I would say 25% of all Matrix content is good. Because there's we're talking about an ambitious vision uh, for the time where they wanted to yeah. bridge mixed media and consider it all canon. We were talking animes, you know, uh, video games, comic books. All of this shit was supposed to be affecting the world yep. as it grew and sprawled in a way that was beyond anyone's control or vision. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm probably going to bring all that to the table when we talk about this trailer as far as okay, I love I- it. implications yeah. and theories and, you know, what's going on. I mean, on. you're a better man than I. I'm just going to be bringing base level assumptions. I think that, but certain, that's, you're going to be bringing uh, a realistic a level of cynicism. You're going to be bringing Occam's razor to the fight. You're going to bring uh, a razor to a, to a, a word fight. So I think you're going to be better <laughs> equipped. Um, you're going to slice that my shit up. We'll see. Yeah. Before we do that, you want to start with some updates? Yeah. We, you know, as always, uh, we super appreciate everyone who's, who's still hanging on to the podcast subscription enough to even be here right now and we've just been crushing um long form stuff which is episode seven when we get into the 
those episode zones, it kind of takes ties our hands a little bit on terms of like what we can realistically produce in that in the meantime. So yeah. I think it'll be worth it though. We're we're feeling really good about what we've got. We're looking at a pretty pretty near release date, I think. And yeah, sometime probably November yeah. is what we're thinking. And we're still working on the idea of a live venue. I think we're still that's still in play. We're still yeah, uh, we we've are, reached are out but Yeah, we reached out to our the last venue we used when we did a live event and it's always a different time. So when we reached out to that guy, it was a different time. Now we're in the Delta variant pandemic and things are different again from what they were even when we reached out to this guy a couple months ago. So we're, you know, we wanted to use the same place, Little Field. They were fantastic. They went so they went the extra mile in crafting us some like meme drinks from the episodes. You know, we had our, <laughs> yep. we had our Dagobah dirt bombs. We had our Tatooine uh, titty twister. They were delicious. I'm pretty sure it was just Gatorade and booze, but you know, it kept me, yep. kept me hydrated while we had, we got through that night, gave me that extra <laughs> boost of energy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, we're hoping to do that again, but we don't know the rules and we can't keep up with the rules from uh, month to month. They keep changing. Craven and I are both vaccinated, so we're ready to party. Uh, we just wish everyone else would get on board. Um, we're not trying to Joe Rogan anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll, we'll make it very clear out of the gate that we are vaccinated. We don't take parasitic dewormer, and uh, <laughs> nor do we endorse it. <laughs> it's a hot take. Yeah, but we both we both have enough money to basically get any of the best treatment possible if and when we get sick at the drop of a hat we can both uh, just get like all of the all of the experimental medication uh -huh. and treatment the monoclonal the, yeah the antibodies yeah yep whatever a z pack is I, I, that sounds like a, a video game power up but you know that's i'm sure it's yep. something cool all the that, all the all the drips yeah we get the drips i'm gonna yep. be dripping while i go get my drips i'm gonna put on all my best clothes are we going to do this? We're not going to do this. I feel like I feel do like this. doing it because let's not do this. I I I I want to do it because I'm mad because I started out as a as a Joe Rogan fan. I will say that because he was there's a couple of reasons why I was a fan. One, Fear Factor was hilarious to me. I thought it was funny. I thought he was self aware mm -hmm. enough about it that it was like let's take a bunch of like fame hunting attention seekers and just put them through the ringer to see what they would be willing to do for 15 minutes of fame. You know, that's because those people are the worst. We see every reality show is just packed with these kind of personalities. Just, just people that just want to be famous above anything else. So here, eat some horse assholes and see how much you want to be famous. You know, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And then there was a, a, a weird time period in, on Comedy Central where Dave Chappelle's absence left this weird void of content that was hungry for more mm. Dave Chappelle type stuff, which to Comedy Central's brain was like racially based uh, like sketch comedy. So they just brought in Carlos Mencia to fill that gap. And it was a bad filling. He was, he was talentless. The show was just like a cheap repro of Dave Chappelle. Um, and then he also was just like a joke stealer in his standout routine. Yeah. So then there's this video of Joe Rogan just bum rushing the stage while Carlos Mencia was performing and then just accusing him outright of stealing jokes and then listing examples. So we're like, holy shit, this guy's like a renegade. I love him. 
And then he was like a commentator in the UFC. So I'm like, he's a comedian and he knows how to fight. This dude's awesome. So I was like on board that ride. I was like, I want to be on that ride. That seems like that's yeah. it was built for me. And then he just slowly devolved into this weird cult of personality idiot. So he was what I also liked about him was that he was an idiot who was willing to admit that he was an idiot and learn something. He'd bring on guests. He would present an idiot's perspective. Right. They would shit all over it. He would be like, thank you for teaching me something. Now he's that guy, but without the self-awareness. Now he just presents an idiot's perspective because he's the idiot and he refuses to be convinced otherwise. So he's like guiding these conversations now with experts um, to just sort of fit his narrative. And it's just now he's doing the, he's like the anti version of what he originally was. And yeah. And in that, in that wake, jujitsu is becoming a weird Conspiracy theorist, Haven, QAnon, loaded. Everything I love basically is like turning to poison. <laughs> and this this group of people are sort of at the, I don't know if they caused it, but they seem to embrace it. So, And so meanwhile, he became anti-vax, but he never said whether or not he got the vaccine. He wanted to, you to, to kind of not know. Yeah. And while he was doing that, he was saying that you shouldn't have to worry about the virus if you're young and healthy. Or just if you're healthy, let your immune system do it. If you're enough of a man, your immune system will take care of it. So, and then the day he got sick, he just went and threw the, you know, through the kitchen sink at it with all this expensive, privileged bullshit. He he, he seems to take one step forward and then a couple steps back. You yeah, know? I think he came out and he said, "I want to be on the right side of this, and I I don't want to be telling people not to get vaccinated." Yeah. Like I think he did come out and say that, but then of course he now is angry. He's like, CNN said I took horse dewormer mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm going to sue. Should I sue? Yeah. And it's like, dude, it is dewormer. It is also approved for human use mm-hmm. to treat parasites. Yeah, not like, to fight a virus. So, yeah. so, so what are you talking about suing? Like now you're on the fake news crew. Like that whole bit yeah. is just as stupid and extreme as anything they've ever accused anybody mm-hmm. of. And it's it's sad to see him just completely embrace that other side so hard. Yeah. And I just, it's, he's doing kind of the, the John Stewart thing back in the day, John Stewart would say, uh, well, people shouldn't take me as seriously as the news because I'm joking, but it's like, are you, you are, but you're not, you're actually just trying to say something. You're making a commentary. Yes. You are not the news, but it's not just jokes. Uh, Joe Rogan's trying to pull the same thing. Like people right. shouldn't come to me for information, but then by not be, being willing to admit that whether or not he has the vaccine is an acknowledgement that he will lose a certain part of his viewership if he does admit to one or the other. So he's like kind of guilty of, of that, of understanding his role in these people's lives and, and what he needs to do to maintain that. So I was just, he was, you know, he was kind of my, my, uh, not an idol, I would say, but he was another, like, I consider myself a smart idiot. I am dumb as shit, but I'm always willing to learn. I'm curious. My curiosity keeps me from just being, completely stupid so there's like there's there's dumb smart people and then there's smart dumb people i think i may be a smart dumb person and i used to think he was too now i think he's just a dumb dumb person he's a dumb dumb (laughs) dumb dumb that's sad yeah his curiosity is gone once his curiosity left he just became straight dumb dumb uh so anyway yeah we're we're ready to party is the gist of all that uh as safely as possible so uh what else any other updates we're gonna have some creepio stuff coming out for you guys yeah we're working on some creepio shorts 
and we're also working on some Kylo. We're gonna, we're planning on doing some Kylo Ren uh, reacts style Kylo, but in a live some live streams mm -hmm. on YouTube. Yeah, uh, and maybe maybe some other platforms too. Not sure, but uh, we are uh, logistically working out how to do Kylo Ren live. Yeah, so that should be pretty. It'll awesome. be interactive. Yeah, we'll have like a live comment section. You guys can suggest videos for Kylo to react to in real time. All that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll flex our our improv skills on that one. <laughs> so should we just fucking jump into the the Matrix trailer? Yeah. yeah. Why don't we just jump into Let's the Matrix? Right. Why That's don't we why go we're here. for it? Let's just. Are we gonna watch it down real quick? Uh, yeah. Let me pull it up. I'm gonna. I'm going to activate. Do you want to share your screen? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Let's see. Let's do it. Uh, while I'm looking for this, earlier we were humming the tune uh, that was City of Crime, the Tom Hanks, Dan Aykroyd rap song City of from, Crime. The movie, <laughs> from the movie Dragnet. Uh, the reason we were is because um, I was a mm. guest on the Sean Baby and Robert Brockway podcast uh the, the dog zone from one nine hundred hot dog. You should check out. There's like four episodes that I've I've been on now, and they're good friends of us. We did their theme song. It's it's good stuff. Check it out. Should we play the theme song for for everyone? Oh yeah, we should give them the theme Real both quick. versions, I, I, like like the German. They, they've version. introduced the theme song on the show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so if anybody hasn't heard those theme songs, we're gonna play them for you right now. We we've done multiple versions yeah. of the the hot dog one nine hundred hot dog theme song, and the latest one is hot dog one nine hundred hot dog nights. So yeah, which hasn't premiered yet, as far as I know. They're waiting. They're gonna have to now like craft their bit where it's like adult time, and they they introduce adult time with the uh, hot dog yes. the hot dog nights theme song. All right, we'll so. we'll, de we'll decide if we should play it here then. Okay. Yeah. One nine hundred hot dog. One nine hundred hot dog. Our podcast slams with maximum hype. Say hot dog podcast word. Yeah. When you taste that nitrate power, you're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on, you know the number. So that was the, uh, the 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 original version, and then the German version, which was based off a a one off joke they made, and then this decided that that joke was they like the theme song enough that they were willing to craft to to contract us to make a German version of the song just for the sake of this one joke. <laughs> <laughs> They're very supportive. They're great guys. All right, here we go. 
Matrix Resurrections. Thomas? You seem particularly triggered right now. Can you tell me what happened? I've had dreams that weren't just dreams. There it is. There it is. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we, watched... we just watched the trailer like everybody else in the world. Yep. I haven't hit the internet on this one yet. Okay. I've only talked to a couple of people. I saw people. you guys kind of going off on it in Discord. I, I briefly caught up just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I think you tagged me and you were like, yeah. just to let people know we were going to do this. Yeah. But then it just right away, people started kind of piling on to it. I'm wondering, though, if you all, you came out very clear about how you felt about the trailer. So I'm wondering how much of that guided the conversation. But you were like, I hated it. Zach didn't. We're going to talk okay. about it. So, so I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Right. That's a very strong word. I, I got to look up. I got to look up the word you used. Hold on. Let me, let me find it. <laughs> oh, you suggested that maybe this trailer made us, made you want to do a matrix top 10 improvements, which I am fully on board with. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I think we may need to add that to the list. I got to find it. All right. Oh, wowzers out of the gate. Zach dug it and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Those are your uh, words. So I was being yeah. a little bit hyperbolic. I was being hyperbolic when I talked to you on the phone. Yeah, you said for Red Flag um, City yeah. because you, because you also didn't you also didn't love it. I didn't love it. No. <laughs> in the same way that I right. didn't hate it. I, I was being like extreme in terms of our positions being a little bit right, right. different. Like you were like I kind of dig it. Now I was like I see red flags. So I said so I said that was you said Red Flag City. I said it's a good trailer. And I said, with the caveat right. that so I that, don't think that, that means it's going to be a good movie, it, but it was a good trailer. And that's those are two different art forms mm. these days, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I made no secret. That, well, well, th well, that's the same for me, though, yeah. because I was like, I don't think it was a great trailer. I just saw a lot of red flags. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, for sure. You had you had Matrix eyes when you were watching it. You saw all the code that I missed. I was just <laughs> plugged in and just enjoying this drip feed uh, media just meant to to release dopamine and you were like i see the programming here and i don't like this code this is trash <laughs> i started yeah. to see a little some of the matrix vision started to break through though on that most recent watch um uh, maybe we yeah. can start by me telling you the things i just picked up on this is the this is the third time i've watched the trailer and it's all it's all starting to fall apart for me yeah i would um, I would like for you to, to, to yeah. talk about that. Uh, and, and, but let's just give a, everybody a, a quick heads up here. We're going to be doing a lot of assuming there's going to be some, um, critique and, and a lot of probably we're going to be coming up with a lot of theories about what's happening in the trailer. So there might be some weird spoilerish things here. If people don't want to, that we might even unlock what the film is about <laughs> yeah. during this conversation. So just a heads up to everybody. Uh, and we'll try not to be, I'll try, I personally will try not to be too cynical about it because I know that I tend to just go hard on things like that. And I don't want to just, we both do though. I think that's, much. we did that. We did that with rise of Skywalker, which I think this may end up being the rise of Skywalker of I the matrix, no doubt. but I feel like every film except the original are the rise of Skywalkers of the matrix. Um, I kind of feel like this is the matrix awakens is yeah. what's happening here. So here's here's why I am less cynical about it than go for it the Star Wars films and why I think I'm going to be wrong. So <laughs> okay. 
Well, I think when the original Matrix sequels came out, they didn't have anything to say. It was very obvious to me and everyone else that they had one good film ready to go. They'd been working; they'd had all the time in the world to work on it because there was no hype. It just was; they just it was just them and their cool film idea, their cool cyberpunk, um, you know, existential thriller. And they made it. They made it. They did it. Everything they they wanted to do that they had all these years to plan, and then it was a hit. And the studio is like, what else you got? And they're like, shit, this is a trilogy. Uh, we could do two more. And I don't think they were prepared to do that. Uh, everything that came after reeked of last minute homework assignments. It was rushed. It was sloppy. Um, it didn't have all any of the the touches that the first film had that made it a unique you know, experience. So I think because it's been so long now they've had time to sit in. I can't remember if they wrote it together or if it's just, I know it's just Lana directing it. Is it just Lana? Yeah. I think Lana and, and two other people are credited as writers. Yeah. There is no other. Okay. Uh, There's no Wachowski. So this isn't Wachowski or Wachowski. I can't, I'm never sure how they pronounce it, but um, so, but whatever they have to say, they've had some time to think about it. And that gives me hope that maybe now that it's been long enough where we might get an experience that rivals the original. My doubt is that th they're going to say the right thing. The only thing to say in a Matrix movie that comes out today is to comment on how the Matrix has been sort of hijacked by people of a certain way of thinking that's completely contrary to what the original film was trying to say. So, which which one of them, one of the Wachowskis themselves has stated that is, they are incorrect. This is not what the original film was about. You're assholes. Like, that's just flat out what they tweeted. That's not me reading into anything. Um, so, really, in my mind, that's kind of the only thing you can do with The Matrix is to sort of un undo this hijacking of the original thesis, which was that um, this shitty bland reality that we're living in is so shitty and bland because it's meant to pacify us while we produce energy for yeah it's like a commentary on the one percent essentially um of course these assholes think that it's a commentary on wokeism and that the matrix quote unquote in in our world is people trying to make you more empathetic <laughs> and like less dependent <laughs> on the system that does exist um, they think yeah. that the system that does exist, the, you know, the ruthlessly capitalistic um, trickle down in theory, but not really any trickle down is the freedom that they were seeking in the matrix. <laughs> they were trying to break free from <laughs> uh, feminism and, and, you know, racial harmony in order to embrace this ruthlessly sink or swim uh, money driven <laughs> society. So, um <laughs> Red pill has actually become a term for the, like that. Red pill culture is like dudes that won't be swayed by a greater embracing of empathy for others that aren't like you. So that to me is the only thing you can say about about with the Matrix films. And I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're just going to make a more, more cyber Jesus, you know, noir pulp, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a cool analysis. 
for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can read into the original Matrix in a lot of ways in terms of what the Matrix was and what the real world is. And mm -hmm. everybody loves this idea that you can't put your finger on exactly what's wrong. Yeah. But given the right opportunity, you can like pierce the veil and then you're suddenly, uh, you know, in sync with this elite group of people that yeah. are looking to break the system. They find purpose and become the hero. Yeah. I mean, there are so many amazing things happening in the first film from the advances in visual effects to the dedication to the fight choreography. But I think my favorite trick that they pulled off is that most people seeing the film for the first time yeah. didn't understand what the Matrix actually was. Yeah. So there was this reveal that was pretty incredible. And it was handled in a way that gave it like a huge cinematic punch, which was that the audience basically only knows as much about the Matrix as Neo does as the film is unfolding. Oh, yeah. For example, we get our first view of this horrific dystopian world, uh, you know, the real world, at the same moment that Neo does when he wakes up in his, you know, goo pod. We learn about what you can do inside the Matrix at the same rate that Neo does as he's learning and downloading information and practicing and becoming better, uh, you know, the, at what types of powers he has. Right. Like, in the hands of a less capable director, they could have really blown that. Yeah. Uh, like, like the wrong person might have shown the real world right up front at the beginning of the film. Yeah. And I don't know. It just gave the film so much momentum uh, that the rest just kind of coasts along, uh, even if it's maybe a more straightforward action movie or love story. Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah, Kung Fu, yeah. which is cool because another cool thing about the film was that as far as Hollywood films go... It sort of was a kung fu movie. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. know, it had it had a certain number of kung fu fights in it that were dedicated to the choreography in a way that previous Hollywood films never had been mm -hmm. exactly. And it was done in this sci-fi way. So there were so many cool things going for it. And I feel like they didn't have any other tricks that they could pull with such panache in the, in the sequels. Right. And they also gave up on the kung fu. So... <laughs> yeah. I think with the original films, they if I had to guess what, what went wrong was that they were so successful in bringing traditional cinematic Kung Fu to American filmmaking. I think in the sequels, they were less like, what else do we have to say? It was more like what other obscure filmmaking uh, tricks can we matrix up? And I think for part two, it was like a, a George Miller esque road warrior extravaganza they were i remember the the behind the scenes build up was so dedicated to talking about how this chase sequence was going to out out mad max mad max they used those words specifically which they for the record 100 did not they absolutely not even the weakest of the entries <laughs> well, of mad well, max george was miller outdone. george miller out mad max himself yeah exactly he's like you so. you motherfuckers think you could out out mad max the king let me <laughs> let me make something that will never be dethroned um, just to be clear, yeah. Uh, and then part three was like, let's out CGI trash, the best CGI trash out there, which I don't know what that was. Maybe like a Terminator or something. It was just, I just think of those. I hated everything about the third movie. The design of the robot suits that they were using had those weird janky like shoulder arms. They're like pinned up on the traps. Like we're on a human. Yeah. It would be like our traps. And they just looked like, pod shaped gorillas like I hated everything about that design I hated everything about those fights <laughs> the rules of those fights weren't entirely clear yeah people were given breathing room when narratively they needed it in a, in a, in a situation that otherwise did, seemed unrelenting 
So just the pacing of it was dumb. The visual presentation of it was dumb. I, they were just trying to be big. They just tried to go big, and I, it was too it was too uh, yeah. too sprawling and unwieldy for them. I think it it seems to me a stunning lack of imagination when you say like we have to make the real world as insanely high tech and and sort of CG nutty as what's happening inside yeah. the matrix it needs to compare which is yeah, it, <laughs> anything is possible yeah. like anything is possible inside the yeah. matrix because neo broke free yeah. the promise when he flies away at the end of the first matrix is holy shit what else can he do he's going to be here this like the superman of the computer world you know that's that's all that's left with that cliffhanger yeah and th and that's that's a great promise yeah, I didn't even think it was a cliffhanger. It, to me, that seemed like it was enough. I was like, I, there were no yeah, sequels announced it was enough. when that movie first came out, as far as I know. Um, but he, him being on the phone saying like, but we need you to join the fight because now we're going to win, basically, were his words. Then he hung up, Rage Against the Machine started playing, and then he flew away. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, they won. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That's that they gave us enough at the end there to be like they smashed the they they broke the machine like that song that that visual right. that's all I needed to know to know that this is a happy ending. I did not need us nobody right. needed a sequel to that. It was only for money. They were like we just need to cash in on this amazing new this hot property, and they yeah. blew it. They kind of blew the the ending of the first film. It just means that if you come back to something, you're gonna have to work extra hard. Yeah, to to make it work. And I don't know that they were prepared for, for that. Uh, yeah. I think they just, you know, it's, uh, and it's not easy. It's not easy to build off of something that has its own sort of completion yeah. to it. You know, you really do need to dig deep to figure out what that thing is going to be. But uh, I just. So I have one theory about the new one, right? Do you want to talk theories yeah. then about I, the, I got a couple. I mean, I, I, yeah. I can talk about the red flags too. Do you want me just to, can I just yeah, let's quickly yeah, let's talk just, jump just in with, straight up trailer analysis. Yeah. What are your red flags? They are, uh, reliving so many moments from the, and this will lead into my mm -hmm. theory also about what might be happening in the story, but they're leaning so hard into so many iconic moments mm -hmm. from the first film that, like every f frame of this thing is like a red flag to me. Like, I'm not sure what that says that they are leaning so hard, but they're doing it in a weird way too. For example, it's cool when Neo sees the white rabbit on the guy's neck mm -hmm. and then it's like, oh, that's a reference to Alice in Wonderland. In this, he actually has the book, Alice in Wonderland, like he's reading the book. <laughs> and all of these yeah. self-referential moments are jacked to 11, you know? There's the black cat, which is, uh, I guess, the only deja vu thing that can give you deja vu uh there isn't a red pill and a blue pill it's like buckets of pills thomas is you know experiencing the doldrums of life again and he's yeah. now he's like super super depressed uh, a member of the real world team brings him to morpheus again morpheus again gives him the pills and then they have a, like another kung fu fight but it's a level nine thousand kung fu fight <laughs> yeah. they jump off buildings they fight helicopters they're diving through glass windows from like the 80th story and falling to the ground in slow motion. Yeah. And I'm seeing all of this and thinking, are these all part of a misdirect that are f sort of feeding our nostalgia levels? Or is this the actual story as it's going to play out in the film? Yeah. Is it really as straightforward as that? And I'm not confident that it's not that straightforward, you know, and it kind of all yeah. culminates 
in this last moment, like the moment where uh, this character is sitting there and he says, what, think about that after all this time coming back to the matrix. And to me, that's just, that's just the filmmaker. Yeah. You know, that's Lana Wachowski talking about her herself. <laughs> for, for me, that was the only red flag. That guy being like, wow, after all this time, Back to the Matrix. I was like, whoa, no, that's absolutely the Han Solo moment. That was the director speaking to us um, about how awesome this is because they're because it's happening. Uh, I, I, they even get the douchiest person possible to deliver that line. Like that looks like a tech bro kind of. I'm just all about the money. He's gonna have to be a bad guy. I think. Yeah, yeah. He might be like the this version of the architect or whatever. Um. So those are good red flags. Um, I don't know if I have any answers to that because they're so funny. So for like, for instance, to have a Alice in Wonderland book that is so literal, the Matrix would have to have written that book for him to read it. Unless some Matrix powered person manifested it through sheer will, which nobody in the Matrix was able to do. They had to bring everything in. They had to program it first, equip it, and then bring it in. They had to basically code it. So I guess they coded Alice in Wonderland. But if the only life you've ever known was what the Matrix provided to you, the history of the world as you know it as a Matrix born person is the history of the world that the Matrix has provided to you, which would include the knowledge of the content of Alice in Wonderland. So that just makes me think, why would the computers right. program Alice in Wonderland into existence to even give you the existential foot <laughs> handhold basically to think about life at that way. Um, so that that's a weird thing to include. Yeah. The pills make sense to me because it's like, yeah, he's clearly still in the matrix. He's being prescribed blue pills, which keeps you in the matrix. So it's, I, I understand like what they're saying with that, that these pills are, have always been of an importance to this system. I don't know what the pills do. Well, yeah, the red one was a locator that he swallowed a locator and they're able to find his body. Right. Uh, in the matrix, they coded uh, a ping. Right. Uh, a geotag basically into him that he was swallowed in and in, in order to reveal his identity. I don't know what the blue pills do. Um, I think they just make you forget like any sort of knowledge that you had. It like white kind of wipes your your memory of like any or, or adverse curiosity. Thoughts. Right. Right. It just keeps you docile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a, an antidepressant or something like that. Um, right. I'm curious about where that goes. I'm curious about uh, the young Morpheus uh, who I love. I love that actor. Everything he's done so far has been pretty great. I have yet to see the new Candyman, but yep. Candyman is a big, you know, a big hit in my life. I love Candyman. I love Tony Todd. Uh, and, he, yep. and this actor, I, I just don't want to butcher his name. I, I haven't said it out loud enough to be confident in the pronunciation, but he was, you know, Dr. Manhattan in the, oh shit, that might be a spoiler. Uh, the Watchmen series on HBO. He was a, a character of interest. <laughs> um, so, but I don't know what they're going for there. And anytime anybody questions that, the, the go-to response is, well, there's many matrixes. Uh, oh, oh, well, that that explains everything then, I guess. I don't understand how like. Yeah. So my the only thing I can think of that might be going on based on what we've been given with we're, the previous films. We're talking theories. Okay, I guess. Let's talk yeah, theories. it's because uh, those red flags are pretty let's like, yeah, they're all problematic because they're just like, hey, remember the glory days? Let's just celebrate 
my glory days. Yeah. Uh, narcissistically with this film, like this journey <laughs> through this new film will just be me celebrating myself at, 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 and my best moments, my, my greatest achievements throughout my cinematic career. Um, there won't be a, a cloud Atlas resurrection. You know, there, there won't be a speed racer resurrection, <laughs> um, bound resurrection. I might be into bound was a good movie. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So I guess the coolest thing for Neo would be the ability to wield this incredible power as long as he's plugged into the matrix. The films went weird and started to suggest that maybe he had matrixy powers outside of the matrix. Yeah. But I don't think that extended any further than him. He, him just having a connection with machines. Like he just could like, he was like the machine whisperer. He couldn't do like Kung Fu or enhanced physics tricks. You know, he all he could do was just turn computers yep. off. That was, that seemed to be the extent of his like real world from the matrix powers. He was just like the ultimate it guy. So, I think for a character like Neo, the most interesting thing you could do with him is to 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 be addicted to that power and want to stay in there. And so that he he it's not quite what he bargained for and now the matrix is just kind of keeping him trapped in a docile loop where maybe he just gets to relive the discovery of the matrix over and over again because that was the best thing that ever happened to huh. him. He got like you said, he got to pierce that veil of reality, join something greater than himself and become the top of that thing. And in a way that was like pure power fantasy. So why wouldn't you want to relive that over and over again? So that could be why we're seeing such retreads. I have a theory too, but I just want to continue with your theory for a minute. Yeah. So, so in your theory, that would mean that he and Trinity were put back into that did not die and were put back into the matrix right. by the machines. That's the only thing. Yeah. And it's like, they seem to, the third movie seemed to end with a feral, fairly reasonable armistice. Like they had an agreement that anyone who wanted to stay in the matrix could, and anybody who wanted to leave would be allowed to leave. And then the computers and the, the humans would live in relative harmony. Um, but Neo and Trinity were dead uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, they they sort of crucified. You know, like Neo did his Jesus pose as they as the the machines carried his body off, and so it's it's possible that they just plugged him into the Matrix to put him on life support, and he's just he's on life support, living his life out in this you know growing old in this alter this artificial reality, right? Um, and maybe you know maybe Trinity is dead. Maybe that's uh everything like Morpheus Trinity. Maybe these are all programs just designed to keep him happy in this loop that, you know, we might discover at the end that it's just like, Oh, everything you've been going through this big, this all for you. Like we, this is what you wanted. Um, and you're going to do it again tomorrow. It could be like a black mirror type thing where all this, this action packed heroic journey. I think that's a good theory about what's, what might be happening mm -hmm. when you go to make a movie like this. Um, and then you look at the trailer. Mm -hmm. So, so my my thing is, um, you know, what do you get when you take the cross section of all of the references back to the first movie in the trailer, like the the abusively yeah. overt references right. there back were, there were, to all of the things that make the first movie? There right? were shots that were literally like on screens of the first movie playing out in the background. So that's that's how abusive it is, yeah. right? Like when you take the cross section of that and then what is possible given the storyline where the story left mm -hmm. 
after part three, you only have a couple of options to continue the story, you know, and one is that, like you were saying, Neo's dead body was like plugged back in and somehow they kept him alive, mm -hmm. right? I think it's possible that Neo is a, like everybody's a program, but I hate that. Like, I don't think yeah. that's, I don't think that's what it is. I think that's yeah. too far. That would be like, too they far. would never let go of, of, of humanity and try to like, you know, try to go down that deep rabbit hole of like, is the AI, you know, sentient enough now like that's not i yeah. don't think they would that's their their idea I, like clearly it's still neo trying to break out of the system again right yeah. so all of the events including everything that happened outside of the matrix in the first three films was all a simulation ah so he's still just trying to get out yeah like that's just yeah this was an. He's he's been in the Matrix the whole so this time. This is a total re, a total recall situation. It's a total right? recall situation. Yeah. And ba basically, the idea is that uh, the Matrix was running a simulation to see what Neo would do. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Wow, he became <laughs> if, Cyber Christ." That's yeah. He became Cyber Christ. The so they Christ. were like, "Okay, we need to <laughs> we need to basically keep him in here." And so they yeah. they they just keep him in there past that point until he's an old man and he starts having these uh thoughts in the same way that in the original matrix like just take the original matrix mm -hmm. and now put it onto an older neo and instead of neo from the first movie saying like there's something about the world that I just don't get mm -hmm. it's like an older neo saying the same thing Except the thing that he doesn't get is now like the events of the previous film that like he experienced <laughs> right. in the simulation. Right. And then you get and then everything falls into place. He never actually met Trinity. Right. But she is a person inside the Matrix and now she's older. You know, because they ran they, right. they ran the simulation based on actual people that were in the Matrix. Yeah, and it's entirely you know possible I mean? that that simulation included that it roped in people real people that were plugged into the matrix and it just reset all of their realities yeah, yeah. and that you know I, i'm i think that might actually make sense of a younger morpheus too mm -hmm. because maybe maybe they were like playing fast and loose with their rendition of morpheus right now it's absurd because this this theory is totally stupid like it would it would undo the first three films so badly that it would be baffling yeah. <laughs> you know it would be like a a bewildering choice to do this but yeah i kind of think it's the type of thing that she might do because starting from the point what do we do with dead characters and how do we resurrect them yeah like one was, good option is dream. that they were never dead in the first <laughs> yeah. place you gotta hit them with it's all a dream <laughs> i i'm really worried that that's what they're going to do but that to me that's what it points yeah. to yeah you know, it, it points to like, how do we redo the first film? That's it's, it's an old that also is an old trick. I one of the first films I ever worked on as a PA was an anthology, like a sci fi anthology film. And one of the last pieces was um, about an old man in a world where you weren't allowed to die. Like it was just sort of like contractually understood that when you die your brain will be uploaded to a cloud where you will continue to exist forever in any form you want it's supposed to be like heaven like it's like digital heaven you get to go anywhere you want learn anything you want experience everything you want but this idea to this man was so mortally terrifying he wanted to die he didn't want to be basically sent into purgatory so his this whole story was his adventure of trying to escape 
the system and just die in nature where they could not recover his brain. Uh, but then it turned out yep. he already had died. That was his adventure that he chose to relive as a AI cloud was just his escape, his attempt to escape from it. Ah. So that's like, that's been, even that's been done. And it's like, it's not, you know, it was really beautifully done in, in a very sentimental way. This film, there was no Kung Fu in it or guns. Um, but it's that idea is, is not original either. So I, it wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put it past her to, to bust this out, you know? Yeah. I mean, because it, isn't that also more mind blowing than just, he's still there in the matrix after the events of the first yeah. three films. Like that is yeah. not, that is not as mind blowing a scenario as it was all fake. And that, that also scares me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that the one of the things is since it's a Matrix movie, we have to have something mind blowing happen. Mm -hmm. Like this, this is always the problem. And, you know, it's always the challenge yeah. when you're trying to do a sequel. I think maybe one more possibility is that Neo, after having experienced this incredible life as the savior of all mankind, wanted to retire, wanted to just go and now did did all the shit, freed everybody, did everything that the the Resistance set out to do. And so there was nothing left. So he's like, well, if you're going to keep the Matrix going, plug me in that bitch so I can eat steak like Cypher. You know, I want to try a nice juicy steak and, and just live out a life like a normal person. I was a superhero god. There's nowhere to go from there except just back down to reset it. But the idea is that you can't change someone's nature, maybe. And so that he will always attempt to break free from the Matrix, no matter how much he doesn't want that. So mm. that, that could be, you know, fate is I think maybe going to be the play here. So then who's the antagonist is that, did the system go against its, <laughs> <laughs> but it, but did the system I did, break, I think the, break the deal? The, the, the contract. Eh, that's hard because to say. Because what is he fighting against? Exactly. You know, his inherent nature is not enough to, to create mm -hmm. a journey, you know? Um, yeah. There I think has to the be a real puzzle here for me. Well, there's agents in the thing, so clearly that's still uh, a threat. There shouldn't be any agents because yeah. this world that was left by the third film, it was uh, one of harmony. Like anybody that's still in the Matrix chooses to be there. And if, but if they want, they could assumedly leave at any time. So why would you need an agent to police this, this balance uh, in such a violent and uh, whatever fa fascist way? Um so that that is confusing, and I think for me the the biggest head scratcher is young Morpheus. I don't understand what's going on with young Morpheus. Everyone's trying to figure that out because everybody else is old. You got everybody who just aged naturally and returned to their roles, right? Um, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. We know Lawrence Fishburne's down to clown. You know he was in a John Wick movie, which was like a big like, oh, it's the Matrix crew together again. Well, except Morpheus is Lawrence insane. Fishburne came out and said that he he said that he wasn't invited. He said straight up like he never got the call and he got he got uh that was Billy it. he got Billy D Williams by the Force Awakens of <laughs> of the Matrix. Uh-huh. Um that's weird. So their choice was to use someone to appear as a younger Morpheus. So that's 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 the puzzle like why why is there a young Morpheus or, there? or they didn't they may not they just may not have wanted she may not have wanted to work with Lawrence Fishburne and then decided how am I going to have Morpheus again she may yeah. have made the decision like, based on her 
desire to not work with Lawrence Fishburne. That's true. But then at that point, just write, write Morpheus out then. Like that's don't do the thing you did with the Oracle, which was one of the weirdest decisions they've ever made in lieu of like <laughs> uh, the unavailability of an actor. So that was the original Oracle, mm-hmm. unfortunately passed away between ma- the second Matrix and the third one. So they tried to yep. write in plot armor for that character that, oh, well, the system is always hunting the Oracle and the Oracle can take on any shape at any time. And so in order to stay under the radar, the Oracle had to change shapes once again into uh, a person that looks as close as an approximation to the original that we could find (laughs) from our talent scouts. Like, why do that then? Why not just present an entirely new person? Be like, I'm the Oracle. I just am in a different body. Why I say like I had to run and hide to save my life and I switched to a, a body that was a very close approximation to the one you were used to. <laughs> Maybe it was to make Neo feel comfortable. Like, yeah. hey, it's, you know, I, I know you are used to me as like a matronly older black woman. So I did that again so that you wouldn't be so shocked. But at this point, it's Neo. Like he's flying through the clouds and like tornado whipping cars around him in his in his superhero wake. So I think he could fucking handle it if the oracle was like i'm a dude now or just any literally anything else than an uh, like an, an elderly cookie baking grandma you know that's yeah so that was that's that's there we already they have established a tendency to do weird shit like that so it wouldn't surprise me if they were like ah, this is the same morpheus what do you guys i don't know what you guys are talking about i'm like you fucking serious like that's you just replaced lawrence fishburne like he's one of the most iconic characters in all of like sci-fi, yeah. you know, that's like more, I would say more than Neo. Like if you want to show yeah. some matrix shit, it's always Lawrence Fishburne at the front with his hands out, you know, presenting pills with those cool round sunglasses. That's like, I feel like that's more iconic of the matrix just from a snapshot than any Neo in his weird priest uniforms, like, you know, <laughs> spanning the uncanny, uncanny Valley while he's like flying through the clouds. Yeah. Right. Those films, man. Uh, some people are suggesting too that, um, that the trailer doesn't give away very much. Right. And I can't imagine that all of those action sequences are from sm- some small part of the film. Like clearly that's, that's those are a trick, all from right? Very the, different parts of the film. Yeah. And they're hiding more than you realize with the trailer. Like that's, that's the, that's the hope, right? That everything you see actually is maybe just a, a, a minor part of the overall story to not give too much away. Yeah. But I don't, I just don't believe that. Yeah, I don't either. If it was any other director, they've always been so literal. Yeah. You know, even back in the day, in the original Matrix, you had characters being like, don't you want to see what's down the rabbit hole? Like, they all spoke in, like, the most literal, (laughs) metaphorical way possible. They're like, this is just like Alice in Wonderland, and everything we say is going to be an Alice in Wonderland reference. Like, we're not going to let it go. It's never (laughs) going to get old to us. Right. Maybe we'll throw in a Wizard of Oz, you know joke or two i'm so glad they never went down that road if keanu was like we're not in kansas anymore i would have fucking turned <laughs> turned the vcr off <laughs> there's still time for that like there's, there's still that time happen yeah. here you know which are all hilarious because the existence of any cultural metaphor is something that had to have been programmed by the matrix to to put in their brains in the first place that's just it it's i think what's happening with that is that uh the programming of the matrix was not a do it from scratch. It was like, take everything we know up till a point of right. humankind. 
Which, and just literally right draw up the plans based around that. That, that would make the most sense. So they yeah. didn't they they probably didn't even think about Alice in Wonderland being something that people would mm-hmm. be thinking about in the Matrix. It was just like here's a book yeah. with these words with these this words. This book in existed pre Matrix. You know, like they didn't do here it they is. didn't do the analysis. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny though. They're like everything pre Matrix is still new to them. Like maybe they're not capable of actually producing new written words. <laughs> Because the Matrix won't let them. They're like, no, you can't be a writer. Like, that's... You kidding me? What, are you going to give people hope? We didn't program them for hope. <laughs> Just enough to keep them going. Like, that's... if you if Right, they, right. If they start to feel like they're looking around and questioning what they see, give them a little hope, you know? Give them a... Give them a new credit limit so they can go buy a TV. You know, that's. I mean, those those are interesting questions, yeah. right? About how the Matrix operates. And there, there are... There are questions that they could yeah. explore like that in this new one. I just don't think... Like they, they clearly are, have it. They clearly want to go big action. Yeah. They have they have a sequence on a train with you missiles. What is that all about? Like, is that are they on their their way to some database? They're, <laughs> you know? they're going to meet. Is the train? Uh, yeah. A, is it a data train like that's delivering a, a message? It's, it's delivering the coaxium. God, that's like so frustrating. Like you know the train's gonna be a metaphor for something. That, it's like the high speed internet. You know, but it's a train. Yeah. Well, that's they like, did that they already. Like that the subway station was always where where they connected worlds. Um. I don't think they are over it. I think the we're gonna see the same thing that we saw with uh, with Prometheus. You're, you're gonna get um, uh, the 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 creator of the original IP going too far to explain things that didn't need to be explained. And um, I don't know. It's like I guess uh, Ridley did it to try to take back ownership of that property. But then added nothing mm. really mind blowing or or even necessary to that in the process. Well, he added a really cynical character. Yeah, <laughs> you know that that just is so gross. Yeah. Was that was depressing. that supposed to be him? Like I am David. <laughs> All I wanted to do was play the flute and get on with my life, but you made aliens and I didn't like it. <laughs> and then you made AVP. Further, further intensifying my flute playing. <laughs> I, uh, I did, I did play an excellent game though. Alien Fire Team. Um, Ooh, okay, it's pretty fantastic. It's just a four, three player, three player horde mode. You're just cl- uh, colonial marines, just shredding waves of aliens, and in nice in these like very objective based bursts of gameplay you know you just it looks it sounds like aliens it's just you know but it does seamlessly weave in prometheus into it in a way that was like way more elegant than the movie did mm. it's like you you as a alien fire team go from very james cameron based surroundings and environments into eventually like Wayland yutani's dealings which is like a the engineer's ship and everything like that. And it's all handled. The transition is handled way more smoothly than the films ever did. So check out alien fire team. If you're, uh, if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into the yeah. sound of the pulse rifle from aliens <laughs> and just making that sound whenever you want, this is the game for you. Nice. Yeah. yeah so anyway, you mentioned yeah. earlier that uh, the various other 
media uh, around the Matrix properties. Right. Uh, the comic books, the animation. Mm -hmm. um, do you see any of that coming into play? I mean, obvious. I think obviously, so the... you know, Lana would go back to some of a lot of those things. Yeah. To, or are to they going to see how to piece together? Or are they going to Lucas right? it and just say anything that I didn't have a direct hand in is now in the trash? Like that, none of that shit. There's a problem there though because Lucas was not involved in any of the. Um, extended universe stuff uh, as far. And then when Disney acquired all of star Wars, they were like that shit that we didn't create it. It doesn't fit into our, 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 our goals, our outlines and Lucas didn't create it anyway. So just get rid of it. Um, that was not the case with the matrix stuff. The Wachowskis had a hand in everything that was produced yeah. in order to make sure that it was like narratively cohesive yeah. and was canon. So there's a funny point going around the internet that's showing up in like a couple, there's been a couple of different articles that Morpheus won't return because in 2005 he was killed in the Matrix Online MMO video game. <laughs> <laughs> and it was apparently a, a story thread where Morpheus wanted Neo's body back. Like the, the machines did indeed have Neo's body. And he wanted it back. They didn't want to give it back. So he staged another little revolution to go get it. And then he died in, in the oh. process. Uh, he was permanently unplugged. And so that we lost Morpheus. Um, oh, that, if that's canon, then maybe that explains it. Yeah. Because Morpheus would then be a program. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of my theory when I saw young Morpheus. I was like, this is just the program trying to keep Neo happy by that's that's the one the earlier theory I had. The first theory was that this is all by Neo's choice and that he's just reliving this adventure over and over again. Um he's chasing the dragon, basically. You know, how else do you match that high of hmm. discovering? Because that's also the best part of the Matrix, him realizing what that's, it is uh, acclimating himself to his new environment and then discovering his powers like that's that's like any video game that's the best part where you build your character and then get stronger then when you are as strong as you can be you're bored you're like ah, i don't want to i want to go i want to start over let's let's run with this new game plus this is neo's new game plus <laughs> i want to run with this it's i it's it's too good that's what i'm worried about I, I love this concept, this idea that it's sort of a groundhog day where he keeps yeah. <laughs> like figuring out that he has these awesome powers and then he just doesn't again. That's so intriguing and so ridiculous. How would that play out in the film? Like, how are there? Yeah. Like what, what, what would the, what would these, what would the story arc be? Would it be like a Truman show. Yeah. Like, would it be like a Truman show where everyone, like all the agents involved are like, I was programmed to be an agent solely to be this plaything of neo like that's my role as a as a program is to pretend to be an agent in a world where there are no agents anymore like that's just i am a westworld cosplayer you know villain robot <laughs> designed to fulfill someone's hero's journey yeah and so then his thing would be to get out of his own weird dream see in that case though he's not being held as a prisoner except in his own mind basically by his own rules. So then, yeah, exactly. So then that's that there's no way that Lana Wachowski would do that. 
like no ch- yeah, no I don't chance think that I don't that's, think she's nuanced enough to, just not, to hit those notes. Mm, yeah, it's, it's not. Um, then then Neo is kind of a weird hero now. He's like not actually a hero. He's more like a monster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I can't imagine that yeah. the fight. Yeah. Like the fight still has to be about humanity and the machines, right? Like that's just mm-hmm. like the machines definitely are still evil. And people need I, to be saved. Like, there's just that's where it's yeah. gonna go, right? Ah, oh, man, I, I, I honestly don't know. It's just, what? Who is the villain? That's because if it's just the machines again, I'm already bored. Like, yeah. I don't want it to be. Maybe it's the humans inside the machine. Maybe like on a long enough timeline, humans, you know, are going to introduced fascism at every point in history, human history. Like at some point, humans will just amass too much power become too greedy and be too unwilling to share that power that they will become conquerors. Mm. And maybe he's just fighting other humans. Maybe the agents we see are helping him like, Hey, these are, you need to like put these other people in check, bro. These humans <laughs> suck. Like that's why we have to keep rebooting the matrix because all, all timelines lead to Hitler, no matter how hard we try. <laughs> it's like we try to program it to be as normal as possible. We gave you a paradise and you destroyed it. Like that's one what Agent Smith said to Neo. And just based on the way everything's going in the real world right. today, yeah, on a long enough timeline, we become assholes. Like that's just the <laughs> that's every civilization's natural endpoint. Yeah, we become such big assholes that we break everything. So in this situation, it would be the machines are like, if we don't stop humanity because of this deal that we made from just being assholes, then yeah. So the machines are like the you know, not yeah. the bad guys here. Yeah. I would love that. That would be pretty the machines awesome. Made a yeah. deal. And the humans are the, the humans by, by their own nature are destroying the, the possibility yeah. for them to all live in harmony. Yeah. I think that's, that's, a, that's the one I want to see now after just discussing it, saying it out loud. That's the matrix. I want to see Neo. <laughs> you are now the chosen one of the machines. We choose you. <laughs> You know, hey, have him like Morpheus trying to train him like he would like he was in the first one. And Neo's like, shit, bro, you don't know me. Gah! He hits him with the fucking ultimate Street Fighter finisher. You know, like he's his power meter was already charged up. And because the machines just imbued him with strength. They're like, we know you have what it takes to be a savior. We know you're willing to do whatever it takes to save humanity. Bro, you got to save them themselves. Like Dude, they are out that there. That would be spreading diseases and and toxic ideas and like oh, killing man. each other for dumb reasons i like, like we do that, that to be, ourselves nobody programmed us to do that given today's like political climate that would be such a a cool commentary uh, for for good or bad I would love it would that. still be a worthy commentary yeah. you know one way or the other so do we want to yeah. do we want to hold out hope and and say that you know she might deliver the goods with this on, on a level like that, I want, <laughs> I, I'm beginning to believe <laughs> like I, I, I'm trying to fight down my sin. In the words that that's what in the that, words of the greatest character that was not invited to come back to the new movies. He's beginning <laughs> to believe what else could it be about? I don't want to see him just fight the machines again. That's so boring. We did that fight. He won. He's going to win every time. That's why I'm worried that my theory might be true. That, that's the worst way to go is that to say he never actually yeah. won in the first place. I think it's, it's all it, when you make a film like this, 
your your starting point has to be a mission statement about what you're trying to say, which I think they failed to do with the, the second and the third Matrix movie. Uh, the first Matrix movie is very clear. It's like, what if all the banal, depressing things that you deal with in your life were programmed that way to pacify you so that you so somebody else could profit from your 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 essence, you know, your yeah. your 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 the light of your life was your your blood was being given to for someone else's profit. That's 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 right. You know, it was a little more clear what they were trying to say with the first one, and they did it in such a rad way. But they didn't have that with the next two films. They didn't have those those very allegorical mission statements. Um, and I think the only one, the only way to succeed with a new film to restart this is to sort of discover what that allegory is for today and then yeah. imbue it with kung fu magic <laughs> in the same way they did. <laughs> That's the only way they're going to capture that lightning in the bottle again is if they have something to say. Yeah, Nothing's worse than a, a brainless action movie just laden with special effects that has nothing to say. I can't stand that shit. You know what caught me a little bit off guard in the trailer? Um do you remember how how weird it was when they they and now it's cool when filmmakers start experimenting with new technologies that's the only way that sometimes technologies move forward right is when directors have a huge budget and and they say let's right. let's take yeah. this and try to move so you, move yeah, the James needle James Cameron and Peter Jackson are yeah like that that's how they do yeah. it you know and and the Wachowskis certainly did that at like a million percent but when they made the second film they started introducing like fully CGI characters and that that stuff has yeah. not aged well and all of their CG characters fully CGI characters looked so weird and it, it to, to me that was like they a long departure they could have at the time yeah yeah it looked bad at the time and and like what's strange to me is that in the trailer there are these fully cgi characters that also look mm-hmm. weird in the same way that the original fully cgi characters looked weird like there's mm. like in this there's a so shot of a character a question of whether or not they're supposed to look that weird yeah, like I'm wondering if they were like, we have to make them look as bad as the- <laughs> because th- there's one shot yeah. of a character like leaping off a building, doing a backflip, landing on this the corner of another building and then pushing off again, and it looks and totally wonky. Away. Yeah, like it does yeah. not look like a good use of a fully CGI character. And I'm like, I remember when the second film first came out, and I saw that multi agent Smith fight that. Fine. If you're going to have multiple Agent Smiths, we understand the use of CGI doubles, CGI face replacement. But then you went and fully CGI'd Keanu Reeves, and he did not even look as good as a PlayStation cutscene. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite memories of that film is when I, I bought it on DVD, and then I put it in for my brother to watch. <laughs> For the first time, he—I had already seen it. I already knew what was coming, and so I, when that scene came up, I just watched my brother. I was like, I want to see his reaction to this <laughs> horrible, atrocious CGI. And he was just sitting in the chair watching it. And then, as soon as it happened, it was the scene where Neo flies into the clouds and like turns towards the camera in the moonlight. Yeah. He just goes, his eyes lit up. He just goes, "Whoa, that was a hundred and ten percent CGI." Like he was not <laughs> fooled even for an instant. And that was when the movie was brand new. This wasn't an aging problem. This was yeah. it. This was a movie. This was a current problem. Yeah. So I don't know. That's there. It, it it all it all comes back to the simple fact that 
one of them said, I don't want to make a new Matrix movie. That's a problem. Like you kind of need them both. We need you both on board with this. If only one of you is like, I have, I think we should do a new Matrix. And the other one, the co-creator of the entire fucking thing was like, I've got nothing else to say. And I don't think you do either. <laughs> that's bad, man. That's the worst to me. That's the biggest telltale unless, sign. Unless that the the one the one who remains is the 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 one with the vision that wasn't compromised. Yeah, I mean that's the that's, that's the yeah that's possible. But that's too. a weird thing. That's to, the hope to hope for. Yeah, I mean didn't 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 they both weren't they both responsible for the original trilogy in total? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so so they both um, shared also in the way it kind of fell apart too. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe one of them was just like, you know, George Clooney from the Batman movie he was in. He's like, ah, I was I I I brought that one down. My bad. I don't I will never be involved with the Batman film ever again. I I fully <laughs> accept my role in that failure. Even though yeah. George Clooney absolutely was not at fault. What a stud for just taking that one on on the chin. For so many other people. <laughs> yeah. Unless yeah. he was the one that suggested bat nipples, which I don't think he was. I don't think Cool would be like, you know what would be really cool? If the if I had nips. Always had nips. They were always erect. Bat nips. Ready for action I, at all times. I don't. We're in a tight spot. We're in a tight spot. We're in a tight spot. Um. I think the only thing I do like, I think one of the things that um, hit my brain in the right way about the trailer was how the real world looked. One of my biggest problems with the original film was that the real world never felt real, which I think was the point. Everything was always this greenish matrix hue so that nothing ever felt real so that it was a little bit more understanding maybe why someone would question their reality. Yeah. But to me, that kind of broke the suspension of disbelief. I'm like, I wouldn't believe I was. In the, if you, if your goal is to make me question my own reality, you, you didn't do it. To, you didn't immerse me enough in this real world for me to, to cross that line, to make me want to question my own reality. Cause that reality so, didn't look anything like mine. So that, that's a fascinating pickup trailer. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. And actually I just, I kind of disagree with you because I thought that's what made it cool that in the first yeah, film that the Matrix looked a little bit off, like the real world version. Yeah, in the in the Matrix. Uh, sorry, in the the world, the fake world inside the Matrix Tom, had Tom a strange Anderson's look to world. it. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah I kind of feel like that that is what helped to give that that off putting sense of what is the Matrix, you know. But but now right. in this new in this new trailer, what I'm finding kind of interesting is that the world to me looks like there's sort of a spectrum of color going on that is similar to mm -hmm. the last shot of the the final matrix film which is when they're sitting on that bench looking ah, at the city on the bench yeah yeah which was like it was lit it was lit and composed in more of a you know more or less like realistic way they're like this is the real world now this yeah is and they're really they're pushing the color spectrum there in a way that's not as dull and kind of right uh dreary and so yeah. what, what's interesting is that that would mean that they're in the new ver the new version of the matrix for whatever to right, whatever right end, you know and i think that that was intentional that they're that they're now yeah. whatever the whatever action is taking place it's in this new um version where the the machines have made a deal with the humans they open up their color palette yeah their swatches i yeah i i totally understand why it was cool that the original 
Matrix was dull and dreary. That was stylistically, it was the right choice, but just for me, narratively, it, it didn't work because mm. then once they got superpowers and they would go back into the Matrix, it didn't feel like they were our version of like a superhero. Like that's how they were supposed to be seen as like, oh, the superheroes exist because there are people in our world who can defy the rules because nothing is real and they understand that. So it never felt like they were like going back into my world where if I saw somebody flying around, I'd be like, holy shit, this is like blowing my mind. It's just, they always felt like they were just all in computer simulations at all times, which right. sort of broke the power fantasy of it. It didn't, it didn't feel like these were like, people flying around my world. Again, it didn't make me question my reality at all. Yeah. I, I always understood that it was just a film um, that wasn't blowing <laughs> my mind you, in that way, in that existential way. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just like, it, I, I have simulation theory for entirely different reasons that the matrix has nothing to do with. Like this is, <laughs> we're in a, me too. We're in a waste. We're in a recycle bin for somebody else's simulation right now. That's that's hell. Just this being in a recycle bin for a, a failed simulation experiment that just sucked. We're in the, the Tower of Babel of simulations and they forgot about us. The programmers have abandoned us. <laughs> they just haven't emptied recycle bin yet. I, I love it. What the hell is that for a thought? We're all the worst versions of a failed simulation and that we are all just forced to live together. <laughs> that's, that's the ultimate punishment. Maybe some of us will find like moral redemption, but that doesn't matter because we're still in the same recycling bin <laughs> as the other people. I do think it's fascinating that that's become the, the, the big joke is which version of the simulation are we in? Not to, not to mm -hmm. mention that's also the big driving factor behind so many sci-fi stories now is simulation yeah that, that seems to be or or um or multiple multiple realities you know overlapping yeah is sort of the hot the yeah hot we got sound. split it off into the biff universe yeah biff's 1985 that's another popular comparison it really sucks man it really sucks that things get so bad that the only possible explanation for it is just either supernatural or <laughs> some sort of existential artificial yeah. wall you know that that we're, none of it's our fault. That's the same. You know, we had this discussion before. That's that's the same reason I believe that people come up with monsters like a Dracula. Yeah, right. Like, oh, they Dracula. It couldn't possibly be just a horrible person. It's a creature. Yeah. Like the badness isn't just human driven desire and ego and, and yeah. bad, Ill, Ill content. It's it's dude. You're going to get some bad background noise from my <laughs> audio. There's this. This is another simulation theory. There is a construction project happening across the street from my apartment, right outside my window, that has been going on either for one year or a hundred years. <laughs> I have no way of knowing. I'm so like dead inside from this construction project. All they appear to be doing is rebuilding a staircase, <laughs> a stone staircase at an elementary school. It has taken them decades to finish this project. And, and to me, that just is like, this is the simulation seeing how long I will take it. There is no end in sight well, for what, this construction project. What will happen is they're going to fix the stairs, but then they're going to put a, they're going to, they're going to build up a thing right in front of mm -hmm. your window. I'm going to open it up. It's going to be like that horror story. I'm going to open my shade. It's going to be a brick wall. Yeah. Like I'm not going to, there's no sunlight. <laughs> they're just slowly, the simulation slowly just removing stimulus from my <laughs> field of view. 
until I, I'm driven insane. They're like, how long, how, what will it take to break a man? And then I think at this point they're like, I cannot believe how much this dude puts up with. This is insane. I thought he would crack by now for sure. Like this, you know, man, his, his capacity for forgiveness and tolerance is unbelievable. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what <laughs> Lana Wachowski is tapping into. Maybe that's what's driving her and maybe she will save us all. Yeah. With this new film. Maybe that's, maybe that's I, what's going to, maybe that's what's going to happen. She's going to give us that new hope. You know what's really going to happen? That everyone who watches this is going to hate it for the different reasons. <laughs> They're going to be like, Neo's going to be like, the woke. He's going to be a woke to them. You know, can't, he's going to be like cancel culture, woke. You know, Hollywood yeah. live. They're gonna they're gonna look at it. They're gonna look at it the same way they did with Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. They're gonna feel cheated. They're gonna feel like they've been lied to and like tricked to in, uh, somehow. You know, it's which always cracks me up because then you you when you look at the original intention of the core property, you're like, you never got it, then did you? Like this is there's a weird thing happening to people where politically left ideas get grandfathered into people's lives and then they for, they close that line off and then new things aren't allowed to cross it. Mm. So Candyman is a great example. People are bitching about the wokeism of Candyman because like white people are bad and can and people are racist and Candyman is like been used to push woke agendas. And they're like, they ruined the original. I was like, but the original was very much touching on gentrification and the dangers of like the wealth gap. Um, I don't understand what you thought the original Candyman was about. And they're like, it was about some dude being awesome and killing people. That was what I liked about <laughs> yeah. it. But I think what really happened was they watched Candyman uh, when they were younger, before they got sucked into like political ideologies and and forced to sort of choose a side Candyman just exists in this innocent time where they didn't think about that stuff and so it's fine in their minds the original Candyman is fine and i feel like even if they watched it today they wouldn't pick up on all those things that they hate about the new one right um they would just like they're they would go back to their like child brains and just enjoy the <laughs> nostalgia of more innocent times and so Rage Against the Machine is the same way. People are talking about how they don't like the new Rage Against the Machine because they're too woke. And I'm like, uh, I don't even know how to talk to you about this. This is like, the lyrics yeah. are very clear about where they st always stood. Um, <laughs> I don't understand what you think the machine is. And that's like, it's wokeism, bro. What do you mean? What's the machine? They want me to wear tampons in my butt. Hmm. Cool. Stop listening to Rage Against the Machine this instant. <laughs> Delete the old album from your yeah. from your hard drive and your brain. Yeah, I think so, yeah. we're. I don't know where this leaves us though. I feel like we kind of uh, covered there's always it. New but I, there's I always know. new theories, man. There's always new theories. If they wanted, if they wanted to do the the wokest version of the Matrix, would be that Trinity survived and is being helped on her own journey by all computer you know all programs of all the other people right there's something something along those lines trinity is the main character they're gonna do like the the thing that people hated about woke he-man fucking woke he-man dude it's, it's called he-man his name is in the title why am i watching tila's journey i don't care about them ladies oh my god can you imagine if it had been trinity in the the session with her psychiatrist 
Oh my God, dude, the internet yeah. would have would have collapsed. Oh man, oh, well, no. So that's holy shit. Can you imagine gonna like, the, it's going to be He Man all over the again. Backlash. Um, I kind of hope they do that now. At this point, I just want to watch it all burn. Like make make the Matrix and, and like Neo is just there as a program to guide Trinity's journey as she becomes gay and dates black women <laughs> and they have Asian kids and they all get vaccinated. It's going to be amazing. Just every day in the matrix, you just like get actually make it awoke. <laughs> like, like go actual woke, like take this, take the straw man <laughs> yeah, and just, just go all the that way. Movie. You call it like matrix it. straw man. It's matrix straw man reloaded. Yeah, we're at full. They've they've busted out the chainsaws across the street, which I I I gotta go check it out. I need to know how chainsaws play into yeah. get, get down there and do some research. masonry. Um, <laughs> they're big fans of the chainsaw, though. Yeah, it might be like a a wet saw or something. They're cutting stone. That's all I know, and it's <laughs> seems like it should be faster than this. <laughs> it's been years. That staircases, and then when they're done with it, the first thing that's going to happen, some kid's going to fucking draw a dick on it. Yeah, of course. Like, that's all that's going to happen. Why don't you just fly, why don't you throw on your cape and fly down there and uh, start punching punching dudes out in slow motion? No, no, I'm just going to draw dicks on all their, their, yeah, that's, yeah, and I'm going to dodge their their fists with blink and you miss it speed. Um, I don't know. All right. I'm hoping that. That the movie's good. I'm hoping they finish the staircase sometime soon. Let's think about top ten matrix, a guaranteed improvement. Yeah, top ten matrix changes. Uh, yeah. If we can sort of get that in before, I mean, we've got until Christmas, so episode seven yeah. first. We'll finish episode and then, seven. Uh, maybe yeah. we'll slice. and then maybe we'll we'll bring it out hot on the heels of the new film. Yeah. We'll ride that wave like just the, the whores that we are. <laughs> um, that uh, in the meantime, uh, go watch. Our most recent stuff, uh, go watch Jedi Horse, go watch the Daft Punk video. There's a ton of stuff on there that didn't get a whole lot of eyeballs on it that I, I personally think is some of our best work. So, Yeah, and look out for our Creepio shorts coming up. Yeah, YouTube shorts is a new format they're trying to push. So we're going to hashtag these shorts, try to get in on that, because I think the algorithm is like giving a lot more shorts. love to shorts right now. So. So it'll be a fun way to give you some creepy content and also kind of try to boost our channel a little bit. Uh, keep us going. That's it. Go check out the hot, yeah. the dog zone Thanks. podcast. Uh, yeah, I think I, my episodes include, we talk about, we analyze rumble in the Bronx and pick our favorite moments. We break down the, the very first UFC ever. We break down all the mortal Kombat films. And then the most recent one, uh, we have a, three-man tournament bracket of our favorite songs in movies about the movies that they are in ghostbusters being the most famous example of that so hell yeah that's all that's all we got cool 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 well thanks to all of our you know thanks for everybody for joining us uh a huge thanks to all of our patrons who uh continue to throw support at our weird cause yeah they're keeping us alive figuratively and literally and uh stay tuned for all new things join us on discord jump into the conversations we're having there and uh yeah we'll be catching up with all of you very soon oh yeah i think for the outro to this podcast maybe we should it should be no rules wednesday i love that song let's do it yeah we have a tradition on our discord 
uh, every Wednesday called No Rules Wednesday that has a it's steeped in in tradition, which is, as someone pointed out, technically a rule, but it's the only rule. Right. Um, so yeah, maybe that, yeah, think about it. My vote's for No Rules Wednesday. (laughs) And here it is, as requested. Don't 
take my stuff rule and don't hurt me rule don't hit on my girlfriend but I'll hit on yours I don't make the rules the rules of my heart can't be tamed the heart wants what the heart needs sometimes my heart stop me unless there's a rule for it in which case fully flex your right to stop me (laughs) 